We had a massive week eight going 12, 2, and 1 for plus 17.73 units. We're back, baby, and it's week nine in the NFL. Let's fucking go. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Laying the Points with Farley Betts. As you heard at the top of the show, we had a fantastic week eight, going 12, 2, and 1 for plus 17.73 units. Massive, massive week for yours truly. You can follow me at Farley Betts on Instagram and Twitter. My name is Chris Farley, professional sports better for the past few years now, uh, three, three and a half years. At this show, laying the points with Farley Best now for a good two years and running. You can catch me at sportswagers.ca for my free picks. Also over there at PicksWise for free picks. And on the BetUS NBA show two times a week on Tuesday and Wednesdays at high noon Eastern Standard Time. NBA is back. The NFL is still up and running and chugging and churning through its season. Almost at the halfway mark, believe it or not. And we're doing well. We're in the black in both the NFL and NBA. Good 14 units up in the NFL, one unit up in the NBA. Of course, it just started, so that's fine. Feeling great about all of our positions, about our perspectives, our power ratings. And I do this weekly show to go over every single NFL game from a sports betting perspective. Won the circuit contest, fifth place, 114K cash prize two years ago kind of put me, catapulted me on the scene, if you will. And I've been writing and contributing to sports betting websites and sports betting shows and podcasts ever since. So welcome to Laying the Points if you're a new listener. Welcome back, everybody. My my uh, very faithful, earnest cult following that I have every single week. I appreciate all of you. There's no pomp and circumstance in this show. There's no advertisements, advertisements. I don't make any money from this show. Sure, I like the promotion, and I like to hear my own voice. I like to share my insights and perspectives in a way that I don't think you're going to hear other sports bettors talk to you because I'm not talking down to you. I'm trying to help you win money every single week in the NFL and in the NBA. But during the NFL season, we are strictly focused on the NFL on this podcast, and we will be mostly focused on the NFL until about January when we can up our unit size and our exposure to the NBA. Big mistake I made last season was to go hard with my NBA betting in November and December when the league is really the most volatile, right? There's just new rosters, things being sorted out rotations-wise, not a lot of teams showing consistency. That's how the NBA is at this time of year, so tread carefully when you bet on the National Basketball Association. But we're here to talk NFL Week 9. I will give you all of my leans. Might throw a free pick out there if I feel like it, an official free pick. But for now, just all of my leans, none of my official positions. If you're interested in my premium picks, like those guys and gals that won 17.73 units in Week 8, they're my premium customers in the NFL. So 
If you're interested in signing up with me at Farley Betts, just reach out to me and DM me on either Instagram or Twitter, and we'll talk. I'm cheaper and better than your other options, I promise. Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Titans, three-point dogs against the Steelers on Thursday Night Football. Apparently, Kenny Pickett will be playing in this game. Will Levis should be starting for the Titans as well. And what a show he put on in his first start for the Titans against the Falcons. I really liked the Titans last week, too. Kind of regret not taking them. Would have been an even bigger week. But Will Levis looked good. And, you know, I always had a feeling about that kid because he just has confidence about him, doesn't he? Like, it's kind of corny, maybe even cheesy. Like, I forget what he said, the kind of things that he eats or, you know, some of the catchphrases that he was using before the season. But you need moxie in the NFL. You need confidence and trust in yourself. And he stepped out there and did things that Tannehill wasn't doing. Damn sure Malik Willis wasn't going to do. Desmond Ritter wasn't doing on the other side of the field facing the Falcons last week. And a lot of quarterbacks don't do is he was stretching the field, not afraid to air out the football. Titans three point underdogs is interesting because this is a, like this is a Pittsburgh Steelers line because they're at home and because it is a rookie quarterback going up against TJ Watt, right? And that Steelers defense. Minka Fitzpatrick banged up. Don't think he's going to be in this one. Don't don't uh, don't quote me on that. I haven't haven't checked in on that one, but I'm pretty sure he's injured. So that could be a you know concern for the Steelers secondary. That's already not that great. You know the Steelers defense relies on their pass rush and T.J. Watt mainly, and a, a good group of linebackers as well to get things done to keep teams in check. But if you have a quarterback who's not afraid to go down the field, throw the ball, extend plays, can have some success against Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett with a rib injury, you don't love that. You know, like he's guaranteeing that he's going to play. Doesn't give me faith that he's going to play well with a rib injury. Every throw hurts, right? We saw Justin Herbert go through that a lot last season, and it affected his play. And Kenny Pickett already isn't playing that well. So I have to lean towards the Titans here. I haven't taken it. I'm not going to tell you when I do take it. That's for my premium customers anyway. But I'm just telling you straight up. I mean, I'm being honest. I haven't taken anything on this game because it's just a weird line, right? Like I could definitely see this. Steelers off a loss. Another sloppy, grimy Pittsburgh Steelers game. And they win like, you know, 19 to 13 or something because – all kinds of you know turnovers and sacks and Will Levis maybe getting it too far ahead of himself. But Titans at plus three, kind of juicy still. Dolphins and Chiefs. Oh, I guess no Derrick Henry or questionable if we're going to see the same kind of Derrick Henry on Thursday as well as he battles through what, what was it, an ankle injury. I can't keep track of all these damn injuries now, but something that'll slow him down a little more. So that's probably built into this line as well dolphins at the chiefs chiefs two-point favorites in germany frankfurt totals at 51 uh first thing that stands out here is that that total might be too high i know you think dolphins chiefs you think tyreek hill revenge game against his former team patrick mahomes revenge game against tyreek hill patrick patrick mahomes revenge game from last week 
right? Kind of a stinker by Patty was uh, going through the flu, I guess, or flu-like symptoms and still played. I loved the Broncos last week, and we saw what happened there. Just a really tough situational spot for the Chiefs, knowing that Germany is coming up, not really caring much about the Broncos, knowing that they have that division pretty much in hand at this point. So don't put too much into that KC loss last week, but they are hurting for options. And you do have Jalen Ramsey going up against Tyreek Hill and a secondary in Miami that that is pretty good. And their defense is playing well. Tua just, you know, murking the Patriots again. Like the Patriots cannot be Tua. Billy, Billy B cannot be Tua. <laughs> um, so they're, you know, so they're feeling confident coming into this week again. Line is sitting right there at two. I think if you're going to go with the side, you kind of, you got to hold your breath, swallow it, and go with the Super Bowl champs off a loss, even at minus two. You know, it's like oh, that weird line. Like it was up to two and a half, three. I think it, I think it hit three out at some point. Now it's at two and a half. Then it's at two and a half. Now it's at two. So we're getting some Miami love here. I don't really like these international spots as it is. We don't, you don't know what's happening in the locker room on Thursday, Friday, Saturday when these guys are in a brand new country where girls, and and people in general just worship them, right? Got to be a lot of fun. Um, and you don't know who's going to come more buttoned up than the other group, right? Uh, two pretty buttoned up organizations. Probably going to be a really good game, but underrated Chiefs defense. Maybe not so underrated anymore. I mean, most people know they're they're top ten in a lot of categories. Um, I guess unless they're facing the Broncos in Week Eight, <laughs> but. Uh, now, you know, the Chiefs defense has been has been good this year, like a really solid unit that's not going to hold the team back for once. Dolphins defense getting better and better as well. International, you know, the 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 bog of travel. You can see this game being slower paced than people think. Seahawks at the Ravens, Ravens five and a half point favorites at home, totals 43. Interesting line considering you know, the Seahawks are in, in first place, by the way, right now in the NFC West, which three weeks ago, you would have thought 49ers are just the most unstoppable force in the NFL, right? They didn't, they looked perfect. Now they have three losses in a row, three losses in a row for the 49ers. Now I wasn't surprised last week because that's Joey Burr, baby, Joey Burrow doing his thing. Fucking love Joe Burrow. Love the Bengals, how they can get into their best form at this time of year, but we'll get to them later. Anyway, Seahawks and Ravens. Seahawks, Gino. Hey, Gino, baby. Gino's making a few too many mistakes in the red zone, forcing the ball, throwing interceptions. He does a lot of good things out there too, but now we're getting a little bit more of like the Gino Smith we know. I don't think many people even myself, knew how how efficient, strong, accurate of a passer he can be. But he also has this like fight in him where he, he, he pushes it and forces it a little too much sometimes. We saw what the Ravens did to the Lions. Like the Ravens can eat you alive at home when everything's going well. But the Seahawks defense is pretty damn good too, and they've been keeping them in games as well. I could see this being a defensive battle that total of 43 is – just about right for me, but I would lean to the under there and lean Seahawks. If I if I think it's going to be a close battle, lean Seahawks, but I don't love it. 
with the way the Ravens can play at home. And the Ravens coming off that, not a stinker, right? But, I mean, they held the, the Cardinals to seven points. Up until seven points left in the fourth quarter, Cardinals came back, covered that line. Now, the Ravens don't care about covering lines, I don't think. But maybe they have a more all-around impressive performance this week at home. Cardinals and Browns. The Arizona Cardinals are eight-point underdogs at Cleveland. Uh, Arizona going to start either Clayton Toon. Cardinals are either going to start Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray is going to be ready for this game. Man, that would be a tough assignment for Kyler Murray at Cleveland in his first start. I doubt that happens. We probably see Clayton Toon, and that's probably why we're getting such a big number here. Of course, the Cardinals aren't a very good team, but the Browns in their quarterback situation and P.J. Walker and how crappy he looks and Deshaun Watson, we don't know when he's going to be back yet. And when he was playing, he wasn't that great. Just, you know, we got some pedestrian offense in this game. And when you got pedestrian offenses and a low-scoring game, you know, this, this total is 37.5. I believe that's the lowest. Well, it's not the lowest. 36.5 for Steelers and Titans. And, of course, the Giants. Giants games always have some of the lowest totals for good reason, 37.5. Um, but, you know, you get, I, I have to side with the underdog here. Even at plus eight, even with a, a new quarterback starting, Um you know, these are guys playing for their jobs at this point, too, for those Arizona Cardinals, right? Like knowing that they're probably not going to win a lot of games, but still playing for their jobs, which makes a spread disparity of this this big, like a plus eight, something that's like it's really hard to take the Browns in this situation. As good as their defense is, they have to kind of fall asleep at the wheel sometimes, too, right? And this doesn't this matchup doesn't exactly inspire motivation. Plus eight Cardinals would be my lean. Not something I love. Commanders at the Patriots. Commanders selling Montez Sweat and Chase Young at the trade deadline. Two players who were making a very consistent difference for Washington on defense, but two of the only players making a difference. So now this Washington defense, like if the Patriots are going to have a good game, if their offense is going to show out, this would be the opportunity and the the line, the spread says as much, right? Minus three and a half. The Patriots, three and a half point favorites are the Patriots. <laughs> and that's where, like, better defense for sure. Although, I mean, they couldn't stop Miami from doing anything last week, but that's Miami. The Patriots still better defense at home. I get it. I would still lean towards Sam Howell and the commanders, though, because do the Patriots deserve to be a favorite against fucking anybody? I don't know, man. I don't think so. So, you know, you get the hook and a field goal. Sam Howell still wants to win. The offense still wants to do some things. Uh, not that they're going to find a ton of success at New England. But we've seen those mobile quarterbacks get the best of Bill Belichick before. And Sam Howell can move a little bit, right? He's, he's, he's feisty. As long as he doesn't get sacked 18 times, they should be able to hang in this game. Uh, okay, Bears at Saints. This will be the one free pick that I give out, except I'm not gonna I'm not able to give it out at the line I want. I took minus seven on the Saints here because it's a terrible spot for the Bears. They're coming off Sunday night football. They're still gonna, you know, play uh the rookie division two guy, what uh Nagent, pageant, or whatever the fuck his name is. 
Badgent. You know, it's it's not surprising that I forget his name because he was very forgettable, as were the Bears last week against the Chargers. But coming off Sunday night football in week 10, they have Thursday night football. And now they're on the road at New Orleans. Derek Carr and the offense finally find a rhythm, find a little mojo. They produce and actually score in the red zone. And a much better defense here for those New Orleans Saints. Um, minus seven. I did feel comfortable comfortable with that because this feels like blowout potential all over the, you know, writing writing all over the wall for blowout. It's the only way I would look here. Can't touch that total if I think it's going to be a blowout. Although I think yeah, this could very easily still fall under 41 and a half. Vikings at the Falcons. This line ticking down a little bit in support of the Vikings. Why? Because they traded for Josh Dobbs. And Josh Dobbs has looked pretty good. I mean, you know, he's he's Josh Dobbs, right? Like, he ain't taking a team to the Super Bowl. You can't put a franchise on his back. But he proved that he's a good backup in this league. Like, he can come in and he can win you a game. And he can complete passes. And he can scramble. And we know the Vikings have a lot of talent on offense. Hawkinson, Jordan Addison is proving to be a real asset. I think he just broke some kind of rookie record for touchdowns in the first eight weeks from a wide receiver or, or like he tied it or something. Uh, they got a lot of firepower on offense. And Josh Dobbs just kind of has to step in and do what he wants to do. But the thing is, I believe Kevin O'Connell already said that another one of their backups, I do not know this guy's name. And I'm not going to even you know, look it up here on the show and pretend that I know. Um, someone else is going to play. So Josh Dobbs is not going to step right in and play. Apparently, that's what Kevin O'Connell said. Atlanta Falcons coming off. Just a really confusing, like, you know, every week this Falcons team is like, like now what's going on with this fucking team? Right? Like, no Bijan some weeks. Desmond Ritter looks good some weeks. It looks bad other weeks. Defense a little, a little up and down, too. They don't get a lot of pressure. Good secondary, but okay. I don't know, four and a half. We're still a very talented Vikings team playing better defense there with Brian Flores. You know, this is this is the spot that the like this should be a game the Falcons win and cover. And if they if they you know if, if Arthur Smith announces that he's starting Taylor Heineke, okay, well now now maybe I want to side with the Falcons. But I don't trust Desmond Ritter. And he's he's better at home, blah blah. I don't know, man. Vikings like kind of think they could win here, I think. Like the Vikings think that they can still have a good season. Sad ending for Kirk Cousins, who's playing, just playing, having a fantastic year, coming off that show, quarterback on Netflix, where we all kind of fell in love with him, right? He's just a good guy, loses a playoff game, drives home, reads his kid a book, says a prayer with him, goes to bed. You know, like the world needs more guys like that. He's a good dude. We wish him the best. Not that he's listening to, to this podcast, Lord knows. Um, sad way for him to go out there, man. Damn. Bucks at the Texans. Texans are minus two and a half, and I get it. I mean, Bucks, Bucks, I was gonna say Bucks are coming off a bye. No, they're not. No team's coming off a bye. The Bucks just played the Bills on Thursday night football, played okay. Baker Mayfield is still banged up. Texans, I guess, getting that uh, the benefit of the doubt from the odds makers that they're gonna answer the call after a bad loss at Carolina. Bryce Young beats CJ Stroud. 
I do like this kid, CJ Stroud, just because he had a, you know, I mean, the whole team kind of had a clunker against the Panthers, but I, I still like the kid. Minus two and a half. That's the direction I would lean. Tampa Bay has to start to probably think about their future too and how competitive they can be, but just because they lost last week doesn't mean that they don't believe they can still win the NFC South, and it is still very winnable for any team. Um, So, you know, not not dying a bet on the Texans, but I would lean that direction coming back at home. But, I, you know, but also I think it's worth asking the question, how much should we trust the Houston Texans, right? Like this, this idea that the Texans are favorites is kind of crazy. And they were probably favorites in this game before the season because nobody thought the Bucs would be any good either. Um, but I'm not sure if that means it's right. Rams at the Packers. I know somebody a very sharp friend of mine who loves the Rams this week and his thought process. I mean, obviously Matthew Stafford has that like thumb injury or finger injury. So he's a little banged up coming into this. Um, But the Packers, you know, he just doesn't believe in the Packers at all. And I don't blame him. The Packers being favored in this situation. Ugh. I don't think the Packers should ever get three points. I don't care that they're at home. Jordan Love not showing a lot. Has to go up against a pretty okay defense, even though, you know, just got blown out by the Cowboys. I get it. But Matthew Stafford, Sean McVay. Sean McVay just had a kid, too, like, probably in his head. You know, like, right after that game, he had the kid, and I don't know. So, I think you have to lean Rams here, though, especially if you think if you think Matthew Stafford's going to start, then there's no way in hell that the Packers should be getting three points. All right, moving on to the 4 o'clock games. But before I do that, just a little PSA for you. I got two PSAs. One is just, you know, housekeeping. The second one is a little more serious. Housekeeping-wise, we're going by DraftKings lines here, okay? It's Tuesday night, 7 o'clock at night, going by DraftKings spreads and totals. All right, that might change by the time you listen to this. I hope it doesn't. They could change. Don't, you know, don't go... uh killing me if they change a little bit i'll try to speak to everything as far as if i really like it this is how much i'll take it up to so far as you can hear i don't really like very much this is not going to be one of my favorite weeks i mean i'm coming off a week where i went five and no in my contest and 12 and two overall but man this is a tough week the second psa is this and it's something that i wanted to say at the top of the show it's very important You're going to hear a lot of takes, obviously. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you read or you digest sports betting information to some degree, or maybe about the NFL, right? So there's a lot of takes out there, and people are going to be pivoting because they know that the NFL is a week-to-week league, right? So you it's easy to want to pivot, right? Like last week, the 49ers, a lot of people on the 49ers, the line started to rise again on them as it got closer to kick off against the Bengals. Brock Purdy was announced. He's going to play like, uh oh, here comes the 49ers going to steamroll the Bengals. But you're like, aren't you forgetting about the Bengals? The same team that does this every fucking year with Joe Burrow, how they lose at first and then they start to put it on and they just win, 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 win. Like the Bengals are a really good football team and Joe Burrow is a really good quarterback and he's healthy. And we saw what happened there. So every week, all you have to do to solve this puzzle of the NFL, and it's harder than. It sounds, but this is literally your only task is looking at the market, the way that the market assesses these teams and then deciding, okay, 
Is this a regression week? Am I going to see something different than what I saw from last week? Or should I expect the same from this team and that team and this team and that team? That is the only question, right? Because most of these lines that come out and they are very, very, very much based off of the previous week. Like that's the biggest influencer, okay? And that's why keeping power ratings is so important. Some semblance of power ratings to know where you stand on these teams can just help as a reference guide. Because week to week, the only thing that matters, right? Like in this next game, right? Colts, Panthers, four o'clock. Colts lost last week against the Saints. Some bad Garner Minshew mistakes. The Panthers won last week. What does this line tell you? Well, the Panthers have only won one game, obviously. Who cares that they won last week? Panthers, two and a half point underdogs at home. Market expecting regression, expecting things to flip a little bit, right? Panthers are not going to win this week, says the market. The Colts are going to win by between two and three points. Now, of course, that's not what oddsmakers are doing. Oddsmakers are not telling you what's going to happen. They're just trying to put the line in the middle of where they think they'll get the most bets on both sides. That is what the oddsmakers do. But just for, for a way of you know talking about this, your decision, your method, totally relies on that one question. Should we expect something different or should we expect the same? Like in this game, for is what we saw from the Panthers last week, is that going to continue? Are they going to be a better defense? Is Bryce Young going to be more poised? I mean, he didn't do all that much, didn't really have to. It's more of a, a defensive win for the Panthers. And the Colts, away from home especially, are they just going to be clunky like this? Is Minshew always going to throw picks and just be all over the place? My answer to that question in this game is no. I don't I don't think that the Colts are going to look as bad last week, and I damn sure don't think the Panthers are going to look as good as they did last week. So I would lean Colts. But at the same time, Colts not a team I really trust either, so probably not playing this game. But that is literally the only question you have to answer is, is regression coming or is it not? Now, sometimes you have a circumstance like we're seeing in this next game. The game of the week, in my opinion. Well, we got two games of the week. Cowboys at the Eagles. Both teams looked great last week. And the Eagles, you know, they let the commanders hang in, but the Eagles also do what they always do, seemingly. And Jalen Hurts, the game was on his shoulders, and he throws it up to A.J. Brown, and he's been unstoppable. Because the Eagles' run game has been very stoppable. Like, they're not that efficient or effective so far this season, not like last year. But you put it on Jalen Hurts' shoulders, and he can make it happen. Now, is that going to work this week against the Cowboys? The Cowboys are going to be fucking fired up for this game, right? Lost to the Eagles twice last year. All they hear about is how the Eagles are the number one team. They're on top of the NFC East, on top of the NFC. Cowboys believe they are. And this isn't like the 49ers, right? Like the 49ers punked the Cowboys at the height of their powers. Eagles still at the height of their powers, pretty healthy. I mean, Jalen Hurts has a bone bruise, but he's going to play through it, right? Tough, tough kid. We know he's going to play through it. Um. But I would link. I would lean Dallas here. I mean, I think this is going to be a close game, a, a game that Dallas can win. I think Dallas is every bit as talented as the Eagles are. 
Now, that offensive line for the Eagles obviously is a difference maker. The defensive line could be a difference maker. Um, and, you know, Jalen Hurst has been stoic for the most part, unless he's facing the Jets, apparently. But Dak Prescott's looked pretty fucking good, too. The Cowboys do not want to stumble like that twice. Like they're aware of their ability to be clumsy now, right? Like it's it's like they all it's like they always forget. And you just see these versions of the Cowboys where they totally suck. Like they just look terrible. They do that every year. Hopefully, the recent memory of the 49ers loss is still in their head and they're going to use that as fuel on top of the fuel that they just hate the Eagles and they want to beat them so bad. But a team like the the thing that always scares me about the Cowboys, and I, I do lean their direction strongly. I'm considering a, a play on it. The thing about the Cowboys, right, is when they get punched in the mouth, they sometimes do not know how to answer. Like, they need to be the big boys in the room. They need to be the best team. They need to be the most flashy team. And when they're not, they're like, wait a minute, what? We're not? We're not the best team? Most talented team? Like, no. It takes more than that. It takes... It takes a, a winner's mentality, right? It takes leadership on and off the field, which sometimes the Cowboys are really missing. Like the Eagles are not missing that, right? Like that defense has veteran leaders all over it. Their offense has Jalen Hurts, arguably one of the best leaders of men in the NFL. You could just tell by the way his players respond to him. They, they got Jason Kelsey, a, a leader of that offensive line out there, you know, just one step ahead of the defense at all times. So, like, that's the difference maker in games like this. And that's why you want – like, it's hard not to want to bet on the Eagles again in this situation. But if you're giving me three or more, lean Cowboys. Giants and Raiders, Daniel Jones might be back this week, but I still like the Raiders. I think the Raiders are a slightly better team than the Giants. Raiders also coming off a loss. I know the Giants are coming off a really despicable loss too, but that's the kind of loss that just tells you, man, I, I don't know how much faith I should have in this team. Right, because their defense played really well, really well. And the offense with their backups. I know it's backup. I know it's Tommy DeVito, for God's sake. Like the guy sounds like it just came off of a good fellas movie and now he's playing quarterback for the Giants, which sounds you know, seems very appropriate playing there in northern Jersey in the swamps, you know, like all around Giant Stadium, the new Meadowlands, it looks like the opening scene from Sopranos. Right? Like when Tony's driving around, like that's where my family's from. Northern Jersey, fucking gritty, tough, you know, but hey, you know, everyone talks real loud and shit, pizza, you, you know, giant football. Um, how did I get there? What, oh, yeah, <laughs> but just last week, the Giants, they did their part, but Tommy DeVito comes in, minus nine passing yards on the game. I don't know, man. You know, an offensive line that's always in flux. I think Max Crosby can take over this game for the Raiders and Jimmy G like he's not very good guys. He's not good. He's he, all he does is throw interceptions since he's been with the Raiders. He was with the 49ers and Patriots. Those are the only two pro organizations he's been with. Of course he was good on those two teams. Like he's clearly talented enough to where he's going to look really good on those teams. But now with the Raiders, not so much huh? there. Jimmy G still lean Raiders in this one. think they're the better team. I think Max Crosby has a big day. You know, and maybe maybe even Devontae Adams after being in like couldn't be more frustrated again off of Monday Night Football. Maybe we finally see a big Devontae Adams game. He could certainly expose the Giants secondary. Bills at Bengals. This game last year looked like the Bengals were gonna whoop the Bills ass. 
before DeMar Hamlin went down. And I believe that was in Buffalo. Now it's in the jungle. We get a rematch that should have happened last year. The Bengals have beaten the Bills before in the playoffs. The playoffs? I, I just always sound like I say it that way. Playoffs? So I just have to say playoffs? Um, strong lean to the Bengals here. Probably going to be a, a play of mine. It's not official just yet. But I think the Bengals are, are a top three team in the NFL when they're playing like this. And it's hard to argue, right? Jamar Chase, the group of the trio of wide receivers that they have there. Joe Mixon is just a pro. He just knows how to run, knows how to make the right uh, maneuvers and like, you know, leap for first downs. Joe Burrow, not only is his arm elite, but his mentality is elite. The way, you know, his leadership, how unflappable he is, is, is elite. And then the defense really plays their best. Like when the offense is operational and they're doing what they're supposed to do, then that defense can just really, really get after the quarterback and make big plays like we saw last week. Right? How about that interception against Brock Purdy right there in the red zone? I mean, that was impressive stuff. Bengals coming together at the right time. Bills got a good win against the Bucs, but they still don't really look right to me. Uh, Josh Allen, I think, is going to be a little exposed in this matchup. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are minus two and a half. That's where I would lean at this point. Chargers and Jets. All I listen, no X's and O's, no analysis. I know Zach Wilson couldn't really do anything last week. I get it. I would still play on the Jets here or nothing. Like, I'm not betting on the Chargers minus three on the road. I'm not doing it. Not against it. This Jets defense that, I mean, literally, the Jets defense finds ways to win games and games that they have no business winning. And they've done it over and over again. Monday Night Football, you cannot take the Chargers as favorites on the road even with how pedestrian that Jets offense looks. I, I really don't think you can. That's all I'm That's all I'm going to say about it because <laughs> you just, you know, this is all about the number at the end of the day, right? Chargers minus three at the Jets who are showing some real, you know, spirit decor, right? Some spirit over there waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come back. An un unprecedented recovery timeline apparently is going on with Aaron Rodgers. I love it. I love the drama. I love the story. I love how the organization and the team keeps on fighting. Like a lot of good things going on there with that organization. Um, you know, except for like, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, like cannot call play. I, I don't think he's a very good play caller. Zach Wilson, still very clumsy. And yet this organization persists. They're winning. They're finding ways to win. Should have lost last week, but it doesn't matter. They won, right? It just gives them more fuel to believe in themselves. And now they're going against the Chargers who just beat the, the Bears. Like, a big fucking deal. Jets plus three is the only way I would look there. Went on rambling a little longer than I usually do. But, you know, it's been a week. I had a week off. We like to keep this under 40 minutes, at least usually under 30 minutes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Laying the Points with Farley Bets. You can follow me at Farley Bets on Twitter and Instagram. Or check out old Farley Bets over there at sportswagers.ca with my weekly, daily free picks. But weekly in the NFL as well, we'll give out all of our leans over there with a very thorough analysis. Check me out on the BetUS NBA show on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I do give out some three-star, some of my favorite picks at PicksWise every week in my NFL write-ups as well. Check me out over there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Send me a DM if you want to be Come a part of our premium team and jump right on my listserv. And I send out those emails constantly. Just ask any one of my premium customers 
constant information, constant emails, constant picks, and we're winning across the board because that's what we do. Let's win some damn money laying the points with Farley Bets. We out of here.